Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. All right. Hey, are you ready for the word this morning? Man, that's why we come. That's it's what changes our lives. We're our life is built on the Word of God, amen? It has to be. It's the only thing that stands. And so today, uh, let me set you up today because I, this has kind of been a progression where we are today in me to bring this message. Um, I opened the, the, the year, the month, with uh, a message on prayer and fasting. I, I hope it inspired, motivated you to uh, be more committed to uh, starting this year out with prayer and then particularly fasting uh, and then the second week of the month of uh, this year, uh, Pastor Cody got, brought a great word on prayer. And then last week, Pastor Dave brought a great word on prayer. And can we just give those guys a big God bless you for what you do, man. They're awesome. They really are. We, are. we are super blessed. In fact, I came in Tuesday morning and started putting my resume together. I'm like, they don't need me here. And, uh, but we're so blessed with so many wonderful gifts. And I, I love listening to the two of them. And, and, uh, but coming off their uh, the, the word that God put in their heart, their messages, I felt God just lead me in a direction. In fact, Pastor Dave uh, kind of jumped into it a little bit last week, and I felt that I needed to pick that piece up a little and take us somewhere today on the idea of why we pray just to make sure we know why we pray. And it seems so funny, right? It does, right? Well, yeah, I, we pray because we need to get better. We, we pray. I, I think we, we just have a, a misunderstanding of the real reason of why we pray and, and therefore, I think because we don't know exactly why we pray, we don't pray as we should. And I'm not even talking about today how to pray. There's things, because really, as Pastor Dave said last week, and, and Pastor Cody talks about it too, it's just communication with God. There are different kinds of prayers, and that's not what this is about. It's just expressing your heart to God. And so I, I think it's not necessarily how we pray. I think it's, again, the idea of why do we pray. I don't think we understand it clear enough, because if we truly understand the purpose of prayer, I think we would all be more prayerful. And why I say that is because you look around the world, and is there not reason to pray? I mean, it's, it's like, can you ever go up to someone and say, hey, do you have any prayer requests? No, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, well, what world are you living in? Because it's not reality, all right? It's just like, there's things happening all the time. And let me say it this way. If it's not just for you, it's for other people because prayer is not really even supposedly completely about you, right? If someone says they don't have a prayer request, maybe it's just because they're examining their own life and think they got it, which they probably don't. But we should always have, hey, we can pray for so-and-so. We can pray for this. We can pray for that. There's always things to pray about. So why don't we pray more? And, in, and living in a world today where there's so much information on prayer, I mean, there's, you know, hey Siri, right, Alexa, you know, whatever. You, you can Google everything, and you got to be careful. You have to be careful for sure. But I want to say today, at a time that we have no shortage of need to pray, we have more resource on information and prayer, the amount of prayer that goes forth is just very small compared to the need and to what's out there, just to be honest. And if we're, we're walking in and receiving uh, in our own life in, from God in proportion to our prayers, how you doing? I didn't think that would be a big amen, but thank you, Pastor Eric. You can have a job for another week. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, really, honestly, right, if, 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 and, and if we understood that our, our life and, and the quality and the activity of our life could just possibly be a direct result of our prayer life, how are you doing? And, again, I want to be careful because I don't mean how are, how are you praying for yourself. It's just how, do you, how are you praying? What, why are you praying? 
I wanna take some time to help us understand why our prayers matter. Um, and bringing this message today, it's interesting how God lines things up. I appreciate, again, Pastor Cody, Pastor Dave. Again, it's kind of been a launching pad for me today. Um, I am, my wife and I are students in the Gerald Brooks School of Leadership, and we encourage everybody. It's, it's not Bible school, it's leadership school based on the Bible. It's leadership not based on information, but transformation. It's not from your head, it's from your heart. And you only get that through scripture, right? That's why this is such a powerful program. My wife and I are both in it. And this month, this first month, has been on the subject of prayer. And so we have been uh, listening, been taught, been teachings on prayer, and we have a book report that, uh, it was due Friday, right? Oh, can I have a little grace? I was studying for today. No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, uh, and, and, and the book, subject matter, Pastor Gerald Brooks's book, Lessons About Prayer, we've made this available before. This is the book we're writing the report on and the teachings. And so today, I honestly want to bring uh, some of the things in that book, and I also want to bring some of the things that we've been learning there to you. And uh, I want to also say this, that we have these books available after service, and I recommend everybody have one. We actually went through it as a staff several months ago, so every staff member has a book, and we went through it together. And there's some powerful truths in there, because we need to be people of prayer. And uh, nothing happens without prayer. Amen? Nothing. And, and so let's, let's take a look at why you and I need to pray. Uh, let me say this right out of the gate. Prayer is the legal means by which God interacts or intervenes in this world. Prayer is the legal means, now hold on to that thought, by which God interacts or intervenes in this world. And Pastor Dave kind of introduced that to us a little bit last week. We've had Pastor Gerald here. He's mentioned that. Uh, Joe McGee has talked about it. I've shared that. I want to dig into that a little bit because I think that can be misunderstood and therefore we miss the real reason why we pray or why our prayers matter. But understand this, that God is a just God. Have you ever heard that? God's a just God, right? We say it all the time. God's a just God. And we say that in terms of if we want him to defend us or to do something, right? And the Bible says that God is not unjust. He doesn't forget your works of labor and righteousness, and he will take care of you. But understand that God is a just God, and he operates by the laws that he set forth, and he will not, he cannot violate those. And he set forth some laws on this, or some of them would be this, some of them would be, you reap what you sow. Do you know that that is a spiritual law? And that's good or bad, right? Whatever you sow, you shall reap, so be very careful, right? There's a law in the scripture that talks about seed time and harvest. Some of us aren't reaping a harvest because we're not sowing or planting any seed. God's a just God. He's not gonna violate that because of need, right? He's not. And then prayer is one of those things, God, as a just God, he will not violate the system by which he set up in the garden, we'll talk about it in a minute, he put Adam and Eve, and Pastor Dave explained that a little bit through scripture, here in the garden, and he said, you are to have dominion. Let's make man in our image and give him dominion over everything. That was God's law. Man would have dominion. Well, man who had dominion and authority then, because the enemy came in the garden, if you know the false story, right? And then all of a sudden, because of sin and their actions, they gave dominion then to the devil, which the Bible refers to as the God of this world. And because God gave authority and dominion to man, he wouldn't violate that. Man gave it to the devil. God's not gonna violate that because he's He's a just God, but God created a way by which he can interact and intervene, and it is prayer. It's how God comes in to the middle of your situation of this dark, chaotic world and does what only he can do, but because he's a just God, he will not violate his law. But we walk around thinking, well, he's God, he can do anything. He can, 
except violate the law that he set forth. Because we depend on God being a just God. That's the basis of everything in our relationship with him, knowing we can trust him because God is a just God. Now, we look for the mercy of God, and God is a merciful God, isn't he? And we're thankful for God, have mercy on me, and God will be merciful and just, the Bible says. He will find a just way to bring mercy into your life. But he won't violate justice. And so there's this idea you and I have, I think, sometimes that really... We just think, well, he's God, and he's just going to, well, yeah, but he's not going to. So, but he made a way for you and I to interact with him, which invites him, gives him legal right, permission to come in and intervene in our circumstances on the world. The good thing is, you just need to pray. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why doesn't he just do this? Why doesn't he just do that? Pray, and he will. <laughs> I mean, he included you, Right? There's a lot of places in the scripture it talks about God's mercy and God's justice. In fact, there's one that says where mercy and justice kiss. There's this thing that they go hand in hand. You can see mercy and you can see righteousness. You can see mercy and you can see truth. You can see that injustice. And the Bible has it all throughout. God will not violate who he is and the law he set forth. And I am so glad for that. Then tell me how I can get mercy in this unjust world. Prayer. Because it gives God the invitation to come into your life. And the Bible's full of that. And I kind of just set you up that way. Maybe I got ahead of myself a little bit, but let's walk it out some. And we need to understand that God is a just God. So whatever God does, he does legally. He will not violate what he set in place. And so you would ask, well, why doesn't he? I don't know. He set it up that way. Who am I to question? I don't need to know why. I just need to know what I need to do, Right? I need to be a person of prayer then. And again, there's many scriptures that talk about mercy and justice together, and he displays his mercy legally. But in order for uh, him to do that, he requires uh, an invitation. He requires a legal invite, if you will, into our world. And the reason why our prayers are important is, is that our prayers are what give God legal reason to intervene in a planet that rejected him and his way, when Adam went into the actions that he did and gave that dominion over to the enemy, it was a reject. Adam did the one thing God told him not to do, just one thing. Come on, really? Have you ever been there like, I only asked you one thing. Couldn't you just do that? I can't imagine, but God still made a way. Even though man gave dominion and authority away, which God legally gave to us, he will not violate that. But he made a way in the midst of that for you and I to invite him legally in to intervene and interact. And I love that about God. He always has a, a rescue. He always has an escape. He always has an answer for you and I, doesn't he? Aren't you thankful for that? But he'll do it legally. He'll do it in a just way. Genesis 1, you don't have to turn there, but 26 through 28, Pastor Dave mentioned this again, is where we see where God made man. Let us make man in our image, our likeness, and gave him dominion. And then Adam, again, did the one thing he wasn't supposed to do and gave that away. And now the world does not lie under the direct influence of God. Not yet, not right now, not in the time that we live in, but he created a way by which we can still bring his influence in. And he did that by giving us the ability to pray and legally invite him in. Uh, Matthew 4, verse 8 through 9. I, I know this is a little bit, put your, 
put your understanding cap on. Let's dig a little deeper this morning. Uh, verse eight says this, Matthew 4, eight. Again, the devil took him. This is the story of Jesus. Before he started his earthly ministry, he was just water baptized. The Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Three different temptations. Here's one here. Again, the devil took him, being Jesus, to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this, all these kingdoms of the world, I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Now, that's called a temptation of Jesus. And so for in order for it to be a legitimate temptation, there has to be truth to it. So for the devil to take Jesus up and show him all the kingdoms of the world, the Roman kingdom at the time, the Greek kingdom at the time, all the kingdoms of man at the world, in order for that to be a temptation, that must speak that the devil was, is, is the God of this world. Otherwise, it would not be a temptation. Why was it a temptation to Jesus? Because he came to reach the people of the world, and all of a sudden he's presented with an opportunity that he could reach all the people of the world and not die. Come on. That's a pretty big temptation. Remember, he's man just like you and I. And as a man, he had to invite God in. And so he's tempted of the enemy, which reveals to you and I that was a legitimate temptation, meaning the devil is the God of this world over all these kingdoms. And if Jesus just would have said, yeah, he would have got everything he wanted except the ability to worship God, and he wouldn't violate that. It just shows you and I that, yeah, the devil is the God of this world. I know, I know, I know, but it's the Bible. So let's just take God's word for it for a moment, okay? And so we see that in that moment in the garden, dominion had been given over to the God of this world, little g, if you will, to the devil. And so Jesus, in fact, in this moment, it is a temptation of Jesus because there's legitimacy to the devil's claim. He was over the kingdoms of this world. They, 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 they lied under his dominion and authority. James 4, 2. So you do not have because you do not ask God. <laughs> you do not, you have, no say that you have not because you ask not, right? However, whatever translation. So we have to what? Ask. We have to ask God and invite him in because he is not direct, had, does not have direct influence over this world because it was legally given to man. Man legally gave it to the enemy. And now he is the God of this world. God intervenes when his people ask him to, when his people pray. And so again, I know this might be new to some people, but you, you need to understand this concept that um, he has to be invited in. Uh, we, we have a right to ask for the legal involvement of God in a world that is filled with darkness. And so the disposition of this world says that to you and I, God wants to display his mercy, but he has to do it in a just way. That's the disposition of the world we live in because authority went to man, then it went to the devil by man, so God has to be legally asked, invited in to intervene on our behalf. And when you pray, you give God through your words. You give God through your words when you pray, not how you pray, but when you pray. It can be a weak prayer. It can be a desperate prayer. It can be a grammatically incorrect prayer. I think at times it can be a theologically incorrect prayer because God sees your heart. But you just have to ask. You don't have to be the pastor. You don't have to be a GBSL grad. You, you can be you. <laughs> 
and just in who you are and where you are and how you are. And it's like God standing up there. I, I, this is a silly picture, but yesterday I was almost like this tag team kind of thing, right? Like you're in the ring and you're just getting beat down by the devil and God's leaning over the ropes, stretching out. Come on, tag me in, tag me in, tag me in. And you're trying to crawl and he's pulling, right? I don't know, that's just my mind. But he's just leaning over the ropes saying, hey, tag me in, tag me in, tag me in. I'm ready, I got this. And your weakness and your desperation and your hurt and your pain, just invite a man. And then legally, he comes off that top rope, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I was trying to think of a Nacho Libre re- reference, but I couldn't in the moment, so that's probably the Lord, right? <laughs> He's just waiting. Can you imagine? God in heaven, come on, just ask me, just ask me. In your situation, just ask me. I'm right. Where are you, God? I'm right here. Come on, tag, just ask me. Where it seems like heaven's silent. No, heaven can't move until you invite us in, until you say something. Your prayers matter. Your prayers matter. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4 in whom the God, little g, of this world has blinded. Listen, here's the problem. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light because he doesn't want people to know the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. The enemy blinds the minds of people. There's not really any God. There's not really any Jesus. Well, yeah, because you have been blinded by the God, little g, of this world who's been given legal right or dominion of this world, but he doesn't want you to know that there's another way. He doesn't want you to know there's a better option, which is Jesus Christ, the glorious light. So he wants to keep humanity blinded because once the light shines and you come to Christ, you now have the authority then to ask Jesus or God really legally to intervene on your behalf, and the enemy doesn't want that to happen. Of course some believers think that way. They've been blinded, the scripture says, by the God of this world. He wants to keep them blinded. The devil doesn't want anyone seeing who Jesus is. He doesn't want anyone inviting God in to intervene. And what our prayers do is give God an opportunity to show Jesus to people that haven't seen him yet. Ephesians 2.2 says this, wherein in times past you walked according to the course, listen to the phrasing, the course of this world. There's a course, there's a flow. This world goes and will go, and you walked according to the flow of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. There is a course, this world flows because Legal right that was given to man was given then to the devil, and so he has a course, a flow of this world, and it says, oh, can we go back? Oh, here we go, right, right, right. Okay, the prince, according to, I'm sorry, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That's the reference to the God of this world, the enemy, the devil. There's a course he set in my microphone, apparently. And uh, there's a course he set, but we're, right, we're, we're gonna pray and ask God to come intervene in my microphone. And so there's a course that he set in this world today. There's just a flow that unless you pray, you go with the flow of the course of this world. You just don't flow with God until you pray, until you ask for intervention, him to disrupt the plans of the enemy to obstruct the plans of the enemy. Matthew 16, 19 tells us how we can make a difference in this world 
Let's take a look right here. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Notice it doesn't say whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth, whatever you loose in heaven will be loose on earth. The beginning it has to originate on the earth. Man has to originate this. I don't know if you realize that or understand, but the scripture is very clear. Whatever you bind on earth, wherever origin gives heaven permission to bind. Whatever you loose on earth, where it originates, gives God permission to loose in the heavenlies. We got it reversed a lot, and I understand why. It's because we don't understand this concept about the legal right that we have, and God needs our invitation legally to intervene because he's a just God. Because we just focus on his mercy. And I understand that. But his mercy, will not, his mercy will only operate in a just way. Because he can't violate who he is. We don't want him to violate who he is. So we have to understand everything originates earth first. That's the beginning of it. People down here on earth. Your prayers are important because without them, some things will not happen. Some things will not be bound and some things will not be loosed. Take a look at Matthew 6, 9 through 10. Matthew 6, 9 through 10. Oh, did I not give you Matthew 6, 9 through 10? I didn't, did I? Oh, okay, I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> Earth always precedes heaven. Actually, what that, I believe what that passage of scripture here is. I hope, I hope it's what it is. On earth, as it is in heaven, it's the Lord's Prayer, right? How can you forget the Lord's Prayer? <laughs> Stand in front of a thousand people, that's how. <laughs> so when Jesus teaches his people how to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where does it originate? We're asking for him to intervene in earth. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. That's not just a prayer, that, a prayer that we quote. It's an outline. It's a teaching on how we are to pray. It's to originate in earth first, on earth as it is in heaven. You want heaven to intervene on earth, then you need to pray. It has to start originate here. And on the day you feel like you have nothing to give, nothing to say, it's the worst day of your life. You don't think you can go on. Your prayer doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anyway. No one's going to hear me. He's not going to he hear me. Remember, earth when earth moves, heaven moves. When earth moves, well, no, that's why it doesn't matter what state you find yourself in, just invite him in. Because when earth moves, heaven moves. It originates here with you and I. And people say, how come God isn't doing more? Well, how many people do you know that pray continuously? <laughs> Well, honestly, that's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. Why? He wants to constantly be involved in your life. He wants to constantly, that means be, be reminded every day, be spiritually minded every day. At any moment, you can invite him to intervene. You don't have to wait till you get home that night, right, before you go, your, go to bed and say, now I lay me down to sleep prayers. Wake up in the morning for your devotional. You don't have to wait till you get to Sunday, right? Be aware of at any moment in time, you can Invite him in and he will come. I love that idea of prayer, praying without ceasing. The Bible says pray without ceasing. The Bible also says that my house will be called a house of prayer. My house will be called 
a place that continuously invites the God of the universe legally in to intervene on behalf of his people, amen? On behalf of this broken world. You know, as we were studying this out the other night in uh, class Tuesday night, and I, I brought the lesson the second hour, I thought about that for a moment, that, that moment Jesus shows up at the temple and they're selling things, you know, animals for sacrifice, and Jesus gets mad. We, it's a famous story. He kicks over the, the tables and he goes, my house will be called a house of prayer. You've made it a den of robbers. And I thought about that. He said, my house could be called a house of anything. My house could be called a house of healing. My house can be called a house of freedom. My house can be, yeah. But you know what precedes all that? Because when we pray, he comes in and intervenes legally in our physical being. When we pray, he comes in and intervenes in our, our mental and our, and our physical and spiritual bondages and sets us free. Prayer precedes everything that God does. That's why he says, my house will be called a house of prayer because if it's a house of prayer, it'll be a house of healing, a house of forgiveness, a house of love, a house of deliverance, a house of freedom, because it all begins with inviting him in. Because if you're a house of prayer, you name it. Whoever he is and whatever he does, now he can intervene with. It's a house of he is everything. It's a house of intervention in this dark world through prayer. I love that. So your house, what is your house? So I asked the students that night that question. I wondered like, if you went around, and I'm around the community, and you're around the community, and you talk to people, and they say, well, where do you go to church? And I say, Tree of Life Church. And some may say, is that a church across from a snake farm? Do they handle snakes? And uh, would you say, no, of course not. And uh, <laughs> it could be, is that that church on the, on the highway there? And, you know, are you guys this big tent, whatever? Uh, but you know what? I'm, people think, I, I usually find out that people think, well, you guys do those outreaches, those food distributions. Man, thank you for doing that. Hey, are you guys the guys that are always, like, trying to do this and help? I love that. I love that. Are you guys the, the, the place that does the, uh, the, the, the Tim Tebow night? Yeah, I love that. Are you guys are known for the Special Olympic activity? Are you guys are known for, I love all that. I love all that. But you don't want to be known for? I don't want this church to be known as a house of prayer. Because without our prayers, God doesn't intervene in lives of people. And I don't know how to make that so. I don't know how to, unless we just go around saying, hey, we're a house of prayer. I don't think you should say that. I think it should just be known by the activity that's happening. What would it take for this place to be known as a house of prayer? What would it take for your house to be known as a house of prayer? Could your neighbors, could your friends, could, could the kids that come over to your house to play with your kids or that you've invited to stay the night or, or you've had a family over for dinner, without you even saying, could they tell that this is a house of prayer because the peace of God is here? Because unity is here? Because every time I come or they come over and they, they maybe they don't feel well and they leave feeling well and don't even know why and maybe they found this, this place and this place of prayer God had intervened in their life because of your prayers before they even showed up? I don't know. I see it that way in the word. My house. He gets to be merciful in a just way so we need to pray. We need to pray 21 days and beyond. We need to pray 365 days. We maybe don't need to fast 365, but we definitely need to pray 365, amen? 
We don't need to pray just on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We need to be a place of prayer. We need to pray at 9 a.m. on Saturdays. We need to have first fruits prayer on Saturdays. We need adults to pray. We need teens to pray. We need kids to pray. We need moms to pray, dads to pray. We need grandmas to pray, grandpas to pray, men to pray, women to pray, marrieds to pray, singles to pray, young to pray, old to pray, rich to pray, poor to pray, black to pray, white to pray, brown to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. And you need to pray. And as my wife, two Saturdays ago, under the action of the Holy Spirit, said, we need to pray just to make it today. That's why we pray. Come on, she's quoting MC Hammer. Where, what do you got on? <laughs> now, if that would have been me, I would have said, we're living on a prayer. Take my hand, I'll, we'll make it, I swear. <laughs> but we need to pray. We need to be known as a house of prayer. Church, we need to pray. If there's anything that we need to make sure that we need to give and we need to love and we need to serve. And we, but you know what? If you're a person of prayer, those will be an outflow. Be an outflow of that. Because all that prayer does, but you know what prayer does primarily, which is why we need to pray? It gives God legal right to intervene in the lives on this planet. We need to invite him in. We need to invite him in. The scripture says, ask me, and I will give you the nations. Scripture says, humble yourselves and pray, and I will heal your land. Scripture says, a fervent prayer of a righteous man makes much power available Scripture says, confess your sin one to another and pray, and you shall be healed. Go through the Bible. It may not say, give God legal right, but it'll always say something has to happen on the earth first because he has to be invited in because he gave to man dominion and man gave it away, but he made a way through prayer that he can still have influence on this planet, but he needs his people to pray. God is a just God, and God displays mercy in a way that is just. And people will say, well, if he's good or good God, then why isn't he doing anything? It's because the disposition of this world changed in Genesis 3. The truth is every question you and I have, every question I get has to do about Genesis 3. Because of what happened in Genesis 3, this world was thrown into another disposition when the enemy came in and deceived Adam and Eve, and by the act, their actions of sin, he gave dominion over to the enemy. And so people ask, why is there sickness in this world if God is a good God? Genesis 3. Why is there deformity or birth defects? Genesis 3. Why is there wars and famine and plagues? Genesis 3. Why is there hate and racism and poverty? Genesis 3. It all started with Genesis 3. Why doesn't God do something about that? He has. He's given you and I the right to pray. Yeah. Nothing happens without prayer. God has done something, and he's giving that back to you and I to exercise. God moves in proportion to our prayers. But if we can get people to come together and pray, oh, what a difference that we can make. Jesus said, if any two of you agree on earth, it shall be done in heaven. Where does it originate? On the earth. Which comes first? Earth. If earth will do something, heaven will do something. 
And so we struggle with our schedules. I, I just don't have time. We, we struggle with our minds. I just, I'm not today. I just got too much on my mind. We, we struggle with our, our bodies. I'm, I'm tired. I, physically, I just, I just don't know that I can do that. But we need to understand that prayer gives God legal means to intervene in our planet. And so when we pray, it changes things. I want, I want to close with this thought. Every day when I wake up in the world, in this world, this world has a plan set against me. Because when dominion was given over to the God of this world, he is about, his agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10. Every day I wake up, the course of this world is to steal from me, to kill my dreams, my hopes, my purpose, destroy my relationships, my relationship with God. There's a plan in this world. But every day you wake up, Ephesians 6, 10 says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Verse 18 says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Isn't it interesting that to close out all the armor, the whole thing about spiritual warfare, it comes back to prayer. Pray. In verses 16 and 17, it talks about take up the shield of faith. So your faith is greater than your fear. You need to pray. Put on the helmet of salvation. Pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Prayer enhances those things. I want to encourage you that when you wake up in the morning, you change. The course of the world may be set in one direction, but your direction can change through prayer. So we pray. We pray the promise of God. We let our faith be bigger than our fear, but we have to pray. I'm going to close with this scripture, and you don't have to turn that in. Put it in your notes. Ezekiel 22 God said, I look for someone among them who would stand in the gap. God's look, you realize, God's like, back to her earlier, God's looking for someone to stand in the gap. You know what the gap is? It's the distance between two things. In this case, it's the distance between heaven and earth. I'm looking for someone to stand in the gap and to pray and invite me in to close the gap. You know what he's saying? I'm looking for someone to stand in the gap between heaven and earth. I'm looking for someone to stand in the gap between sickness and health. I'm looking for someone to stand in the gap between chaos and peace. I'm looking for someone to stand in the gap between bondage and freedom. I'm looking for someone to stand in the gap between poverty and blessing, to stand in the gap between hate and love. Will you be that one to stand in the gap and bring heaven to earth through your Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.